0: The voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose
1: to listen and believe the voice. Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Gazinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee, and we're glad to have you today. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to be listening to Culture, Current Events, Uh, from a biblical perspective. We'll throw in uh, maybe a little politics today, too, Culture, Politics, Current Events, from a biblical perspective, that's what we what we do here on the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Hope everyone had a good Fourth of July, and uh, I did. Did you, Pastor? Joe? It was awesome. Good yeah. Anytime yeah. so, Any
0: that you're, you got a couple days off, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a very patriotic guy, so yeah. I, I like seeing the flags out yeah. and the red, white, and blue, and I don't know, it just does something. And it feels summertime, too, when that happens.
1: I know? think that there is, there's just, uh, I don't know if it exponentially, but a, certainly a, a larger degree of patriotism now than it seems like in a long time.
0: Yeah. It's kind and, of palpable, you know. It, is, it
1: really is. And I, I think uh, – now, I'm a Trump guy, but I think that it has to do with, uh, with Trump. He had a couple rallies over the weekend. Um, I was not there. I was there in spirit. <laughs> Staying away from uh, all that on the Voice of Truth radio show, but I was there in spirit. There you go. Okay, so – uh, but uh, Fourth of July, man, just it's such a, you know, it's 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 uh, John Adams said um, that that he believed that the American people would celebrate the Fourth of July Independence Day the way we celebrate religious holidays, it, and, and he kind of prophesied mm-hmm. what it would be like with the celebrations in the streets and the fireworks and so on, uh, and that's what we do, yeah, right. Now, mm-hmm. there's a uh, there's a video I was I watched over the weekend uh, with our, our buddy uh, David Barton, and at the beginning of the clip, there's this guy I can't think of his name, but a big bulky muscular guy, going out into the uh, the beaches of California asking people civics questions hmm. like, "What does independence?"
0: <laughs> I'm sure that went well.
1: <laughs> oh, it didn't. It didn't go well. Uh, who do who did we declare independence from? Oh, uh, the South. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no, nope, In the south, <laughs> I mean, it was one after another. These are basic stuff, oh, and man. these poor people, they just weren't taught, no. right? And no. so, at some point, uh, we gotta we gotta teach ourselves. And uh, uh, so, by the way, uh, the second segment here, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit, but the second and third segment uh, is we're going to we're going to listen to your sermon hmm. from Sunday. Which was extraordinary, and uh, you know we got a lot of great preachers in the area, and uh, maybe some that even listen. But uh, um, folks, you will be blessed by uh, Pastor Brian Leversee's sermon on Sunday, where uh, you just boldly and courageously uh, preach the word of God God started with uh, the first segment. The first segment's going to be, and don't go away, folks. Tune in, listen to this. The first segment is going to be just our Christian heritage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that was kind of your first point. And the second point, you just basically um, confronted the sins of the day mm-hmm. and made all of us feel uncomfortable in, in, the, <laughs> in the whole church. Uh, there was, there was, uh, it was a blessing. It was convicting. Mm-hmm. It was a, a, a bold statement. Um, it was a fist in the face of the ungodliness in our culture. Mm. And um, so I know that you heard a lot of positive stuff. I sent you a positive Mm. uh, text, and uh, I generally don't, Stay awake through all of your sermon, <laughs> but this one, this on Galli Nez I couldn't hey, go sleep. There are
0: people that have told me they've got the best sleep of their life in in that auditorium. Don't <laughs> well, you. Well,
1: listen. Not only was the content good, bro, you can preach, and you oh, obviously you I'm thinking your dad could preach because mm-hmm. you were under his tutelage for absolutely uh, for many years, and uh, bro, you can preach. Mm-hmm. So, folks, don't go away. This is a this is the quintessential apple pie. Um, American sermon, and we're going to pay, I don't know, we'll put half of it in this week and maybe mm. the rest of it next week, but you will, you don't want to miss it. So we're going to do a segment here up front, do two segments from uh, Pastor Levercy's sermon um, from Sunday, uh, July, was that the 4th of yeah, July? Yeah, 4th, 4th
0: of July. It was a great day, wasn't it? Oh, We my had a wonderful goodness. kids program. But it was ki- wonderful seeing the kids up there singing this patriotic it was, song. It was and...
1: really extraordinary. Yeah. And the whole show, all the folks that put Mm. that together with all these kids, a bunch of them.
0: Yeah. Filled up the choir loft. It was amazing. Yes.
1: And they did a great job, patriotic songs. And it was a great day at uh, Fellowship Baptist Church. So if you don't have a church, I recommend it highly. So we'll do that in the second and third segment. Uh, And then we may finish it up next week if, if we can't get it all in this week. So you'll be out of town next week. And I'll be doing it solo. um, Solo, you can't hear (laughs) you. I never heard (laughs) that one. All right, so uh, I'm gonna uh, we're just gonna hit on a couple stories that that came up in the news. One of them is one you sent me, and that is that uh, a third of young people not proud to be American. This is from a poll. American people. Um, American pride resonates with most segments of the population, though not with young adults and mm-hmm. this is this is where we're losing them on uh, a, a lot of things and this is where I think critical race theory is having its uh, strongest inroads mm-hmm. and uh, atheism and uh, and so on uh, with uh, you know the LGBT uh, and, and, and at the same time, though, that generation, is, is there's some fight in in there, too. My mm-hmm. son's that generation. He said, Dad, there's a lot of us that don't go for that LGBT yeah. stuff. So anyway, uh, the American pride uh, resonates with most segments of the population, though not with young adults, according to a new poll. This is a Todd Starnes story. Only 36%, 36 percent, 36, 36 percent of respondents aged uh, 18 to 24 said they were very or extremely proud to hmm. be an American. Wow! So I mean, work it, to do there. A
0: lot of work to do, and I can't. I kind of think it really reveals to us the state of our our educational programs that we have. I mean. You know, from the home, and I consider that the primary educational program for children. It should be the home. They should be learning from their parents. They yes. should be learning from their grandparents. You know, there should be a heritage that every family is concerned about building. The Bible talks about this a lot. Every family, and that's why, you know, uh, husbands, uh, fathers, uh, spiritual leaders of the home need to cultivate this again mm-hmm. in our culture, is is not allowing um, some third-party, uh, you know, either institution or, or person, raise our children and put ideology into them, that needs to be cultivated in the home. And I'm fine with kids going off to school and learning arithmetic and this, that, and the other thing. But when it comes to the social structure of the building blocks of society, that needs to take place in the home. That heritage needs to be passed down. And and what this says to me about America is that our American heritage is being disrupted because we're not passing along to our children the truth about where we came from.
1: Yes, I think that is true. And I saw uh, also uh, in the church. I think churches, yeah, you know, like you did on Sunday, first part of your sermon, you um, you quoted uh, the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. You taught the truths that the founding fathers taught us, what they believed, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, the... Uh, the the Bible was taught in our public schools, mm-hmm. and I think that was disrupted by i was listening to Mark Levin on uh um, i listened to I walk about four times a, a week late at night and and I listened to Mark Levin podcast mm-hmm. and uh Levin was talking about john dewey last night mm-hmm. and 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 I don't know why it never really uh, hit with me but John Dewey basically disrupted uh the the flow of, of Americanism and, 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 the Bible in, in public schools. Mm. And he didn't take the Bible out of public schools, but he, he created, uh, uh he created a, a framework for public schools to become secular. Hmm. And he was, he was a fan. Everyone knows who John Dewey is, yeah. the Dewey Decimal yeah. System. And he was, the, he, he was a, uh, a phenomenal not in a good way, a, a, incredible, not in a good way, influence on the education system. He was a he was a fan of Stalin. He yeah. was an open fan of Stalin. Now, this was before Stalin started uh uh killing millions of people, but uh he still was a fan of mm-hmm. Stalin who was a Marxist and a and a communist. And uh but uh the church is a gr- is a great place to teach patriotism. The home mm-hmm. obviously is the o- the obvious place where God once uh, and you mentioned grandfathers my my dad comes <laughs> he visits uh my kids um every sunday hmm. and uh he'll sit and he'll he'll talk to them about you know di- different things like uh, finances or my little 11 year old a uh, girl uh, said hey hey uh uh i want to i want to do a, a garden and so my dad, who's 88, 86, hmm. and has trouble getting around, went in the backyard and uh, they have a garden there now. Hmm. Guess who did <laughs> a lot of the work? <laughs> wow. Dad. But but my little girl's waters it every night uh, and there's tomatoes coming up so so that is a, you know the yeah, father's fathers that's right and and uh that's where we need to 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 really we have a generation a young generation that yeah. needs taught and uh, of course the foundation of our republic is is God yeah. and the Bible mm-hmm. and and uh study that uh, you were talking about uh, uh, wall builders earlier, yes. but, but, but uh, that's the foundation of our country.
0: It is, and this is the sad thing, is that this has really crept into the churches, too, this kind of anti-American sentiment, and I talked a little bit about on the sermon on Sunday, just kind of warning Christians to stay away from some of these buzz terminologies that are existing out there that are derailing people from really understanding where our country came from, and and kind of you know, pulling back from talking about it in our churches. And and what happens is, is anytime you you, you mention the flag or you have a flag up or you, you speak about America or how God has blessed America, you have this woke, Christianity people who kind of come into it and paint this with this broad brush of Christian nationalism and say, hey, you can't have Christian nationalism. That goes against the word of God. We have free will. You know, we can't be cramming Christianity down anybody's throat. Well, the founding fathers, they didn't cram Christianity down anybody's throat. They just saw the Bible as the basis of truth that that you really wanted to have as a tool to build a country from. You wanted godly principles that included honesty and that included uh, e- equality and that included, you know, these types of principles that really are words that are incorporated in our Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution. Yes. I mean, all of our framing documents pull from Scripture. This isn't Christian nationalism. This is Christian history, and our country happens to play a large role in Christian history because I believe that we were a nation founded on the principles of Scripture.
1: I was watching that David Barton video yesterday, and he was, uh, he was at a big church in Texas speaking, and he, was, he talked about how he, he spoke to the law, Duke Law School and asked them, uh to name the signers of the declaration of independence you know besides franklin and and uh jefferson uh and he just kind of had this picture this painting up on the wall that iconic painting of the right uh you know where w- washington presided over it and uh Washington was a phenomenal man, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, he just kind of went down the row of these signers and told who they were and their belief system, and he got to uh, Witherspoon, John Witherspoon. Witherspoon was, he he called him the Billy Graham of the day. Mm -hmm. Witherspoon, he was the theologian of the day. He trained like uh, a significant Number of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and of the signers of the Constitution, mm-hmm. a, a, uh, a a theologian, a, a biblically sound theologian. Trained these young men. This was the young man's, uh, young man's revolution. It was Cha- trained these men that uh, carried out this revolution, and uh, and that's who they were, and that's what it was. And uh, of course, we had just come out of the of the Great Awakening with the uh, the preaching of, of John Wesley yeah. and Whitfield. Uh, there, there's a book I have it on my shelf. It's an old book. Uh, it's called uh, England After Wesley, and so, or England before and after Wesley, but it talks about how bad England was. Then came John Wesley, hmm. and how it was it's afterward. Amazing.
0: Righteousness John, exalted. Yeah. The nation, so
1: right. uh, the power of influence of of one yeah. one preacher, one uh, godly man, hmm. and that's what Witherspoon was uh, for for our founding, among other many others.
0: Absolutely. And I even say in my sermon uh, that I preached on Sunday. You know, our statesmen back then sounded more like preachers than preachers. Oh do today. my
1: goodness. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. And and that was that was our culture. Mm-hmm. That was that was who we were. I, I think you know, I think if if we could time travel and, and live back during, in that era for uh a day or a week, we wouldn't mm-hmm. even know how to talk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely they spoke differently. They Absolutely. they we wouldn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't uh it was such a it was such a I mean you know, we've had simple mankind forever, and there was obviously that always, but it was very uh, a very uh dignified culture a biblical culture there would there would be none of this this uh, uh Double entendre that we have yeah. with with sexual language in yeah. our politics now and everything we say, yep. and um, it was it was a different era. So um, we're gonna we're gonna break here in a second. I did wanna I did want to mention one story. This is a great little story. Um, you may have seen it, folks. I gotta pull it up. I usually have my stuff printed out. I was a bad boy this weekend. I don't have it printed out, <laughs> but this is hold on, folks. This is the story of of uh Woody Williams Woodrow Williams here it is and many folks in West Virginia wouldn't know who he is but he was he's he is a West Virginia boy he's 90 he's not a boy anymore he's 97 years old <laughs> but he uh he is the last surviving recipient of the Medal of Honor from World War II, wow. not just in West Virginia in the whole country, hmm. the last surviving Medal of Honor recipient in World War II. The way he earned his Medal of Honor in World War II is uh, a story is just surreal. Hmm. And he, he, he takes a uh, flamethrower. And he goes from pillbox to pillbox. It's stunning. Wow. And he didn't even know what the Medal of Honor was. He's just a country boy from West Virginia, hauled off to fight, doing what he's told, mm. and and he did it. And he was awarded the Medal of Honor. A humble guy. So here is the story. This is from the Epic Times, my uh, one of my new favorite go to uh, sources. But the the uh, the story. The uh, headline is: New Marine Welcome into Corps, the Marine Corps. By great grandfather, last of the World War II Medal of Honor recipients. So, Woody Williams' great grandson graduated from the Marines, and Woody hmm. <laughs> Woody Williams was there. Wow! Isn't that great? So, there's a picture of him if you want to see it. Um, but Woody Williams, uh, he—I was telling you before we came on the air. There's a there's a speech out there by Douglas MacArthur who uh one of the great generals of all time, of World War II, an American icon. Every boy should know who he is. Every American should know. But he has a speech. MacArthur was a great, great orator. He has a speech called Duty, Honor, Country, and he has one called Old Soldiers Never Die Also. But Duty, Honor, Country— Read that speech. Listen to it. Go on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Hmm. But um, somehow we got a t- tape of it when I was in Bible college 35 years ago, and I listened to that th- I think that thing over and hmm. over. But um, Woody Williams is MacArthur esque in his oratory abilities. Hmm. He spoke, Pastor, on the uh, Senate floor three or four years ago. I was telling you about this earlier, but uh, he spoke on the Senate floor. It was like not. To the same degree, but it was like listening to Douglas MacArthur. That's wow. the kind of power, orator, oratorical power he had. Hmm. Wow.
0: I bet that was something to, to be was, there it for. It was
1: something else. So here he is um, at his great-grandson's graduation from the Marines, and the epic Times, it's a national story, uh, he was uh, Woody Williams. Anytime, anytime you ask him to do something, he does it. When I had my radio show in Indiana, hmm. he came on the air with wow. me, like right around the Fourth of July, That's and awesome. told his story. It was phenomenal. You
0: know, we need more of that. Yeah. You know, I think our, our like we were talking about even with education. I think we need more of our young people exposed to that. It was an honor, um, really, yesterday. Are not yesterday on the fourth on Sunday when we had church services to have one of our own members Fred carpenter he's a ninety six year old I think it was his birthday actually on the Fourth of July World War II vet and we were able to bring him up yes. on the platform yes. and honor him for his service to our country and celebrate his birthday a little bit and that
1: was such a neat moment yeah such and yeah. And, and, and where do you find that uh, beside besides the churches yeah. there are other um, you know other places that that stand up for the military but but i think the church should be um the first place hmm. and you did a good job with that too and he it was a it was an honor to have that hmm. gentleman uh, step out there he's how old did you say he's, he's 96 96 so yeah. the world war Two generation is is fading off you know woody williams is 97 and he won't be he he, he may live forever that guy is, <laughs> he is just unbelievable wow but he was in a parade in Ripley on, huh. on, on Sunday. That's amazing. I guess they have a great parade down there in Jackson County hmm. in Ripley. But uh, all right, so we're going to go into two two segments now, folks, of uh, Pastor Leversey's sermon from Sunday. Did did your sermon have a title to it, or did you title your sermons like the old old timers?
0: I, I did. Is uh, I titled it "The Fate of a Nation."
1: The fate of a nation. So two segments of this, folks. You don't want to miss it. I want you to stay tuned uh, to these. Uh, next two segments, and we'll come back. We'll do a couple of etiquette things to finish her out, uh, but uh going to do a quick break, and then Pastor Brian Leversey with uh, The Fate of a Nation. Don't go away.
2: This right here sums up the fate of any nation that exists on earth. And notice what the Bible says. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Can I tell you what's going to happen to the United States of America? What's going to happen to the United States of America is what's going to happen to any country based upon what they do with God and with His Word. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. As we examine this verse of Scripture this morning, I want us first of all to see that righteousness exalts... Righteousness exalts. That's what this verse has said. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, it is a shame that in our day and age, even Christians today, bulk against what we've done in church this morning. Many people would bulk against us recognizing the United States of America. I know that there are many churches that might even speak out against us observing the national anthem this morning. Uh, Many would frown upon the fact that we've sung these historical uh, patriotic songs in our church this morning saying, oh, let's not mix church and state. Let's not blur those lines. Let's keep those things separate. And when you go to church, then you read the Bible and you worship God. And and then when you go into your life living in your country, then, then you do your things pertaining to your country. But I will say this once more, righteousness exalteth a nation. It exalteth a nation. And you cannot separate those things. There's a term that's floating around in our culture today, which discourages churches from recognizing God's hand on America. And that term is a very dangerous term. And it's used very broadly and very inappropriately. It's called and referred to as Christian Nationalism. And to say the pledge in church or to do anything patriotic in church is labeled as Christian nationalism and you're trying to force Christianity on people's hearts and on people's minds. No, it is inextricably a fact Our nation was founded as a Christian nation built on the principles of God's Word. That's why God has blessed the United States of America. And if we hope for God to continue to bless our great country, then we need His righteousness in our nation today. We need it. And that's the reason that God has blessed America And notice with me as we review some of the things that Scripture reminds us of concerning nations and them looking to God. Psalm 33 and verse number 12 says this, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Now I'm not trying to blur the lines between Israel and the United States. The United States is not Israel, and the United States does not replace Israel. And there's nothing inherently special about the United States being a people of God other than this. Our founding fathers looked to God and to his word when our nation was formed. And I'm tired of the lies that go out today and are taught from our schools, and are taught in our social structures today, that no, 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 our founding fathers never looked to God, they never looked to God's Word, they never looked to the things of God. I want you to know today, our founding fathers were steeped in the truth of God's Word, and most of them, from the lecterns of their state offices, sounded more like preachers than preachers sound like preachers today. That's just the truth. And notice with me as we reflect on some of our nation's history, and we're going to merely scratch the surface on this this morning. I have no time to be able to give what I need to give to this this morning, but I believe that you will get the idea. Notice what John Adams, our second president, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, said concerning his views on Scripture, on God, and on the forming of a nation. Notice he says... The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. How many of you believe our second president believed that God and the Bible and Christianity should have an influence on the forming of a nation? Notice what else John Adams said. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. What a utopia. What a paradise. Make no mistake about it. Our founding fathers knew the implication of bringing the truth of Scripture into the forming of a nation. They knew how important it was. Notice with me the words of Patrick Henry, a legislator known as the voice of freedom, a ratifier of the Constitution of the United States of America. Notice what he says about the Word of God. The Bible is a book worth more than all the other books ever printed. How many of you would agree with that this morning? And praise God for that. Notice... What else Patrick Henry was quoted as saying? Righteousness, sounds like our text passage this morning, alone can exalt America as a nation. Whoever thou art, remember this, and in thy sphere practice virtue thyself and encourage it in others. The importance, again, of having the Bible and having Scripture and the virtues that are taught therein openly exercised and communicated in the forming of a nation. Notice what John Jay, the original chief justice of the Supreme Court, said concerning the Bible and its role in our lives. The Bible is the best of all books. Are these preachers or are these statesmen? It was hard to tell back then, for it is the Word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and the next. Continue, therefore, to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. How many of you wish our Supreme Court justices would speak like that today? How many of you wish that our state legislatures and, and legislatures of the federal government would speak like this today? And you know what? There are some good ones that are, and we need to pray for them. And may I say this this morning without breaching any kind of responsibility that I have as a pastor or an American citizen. Stop voting for convenience and vote biblical truths vote biblical principles. I'm not saying be Republican or be Democrat, but you can view the platforms and you line them up with scripture and you do your best to do what God calls believers to do. And that is to raise up the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our founding fathers knew the importance of this. Thomas Jefferson, who is maligned In incredible and terrible ways, lies are told about him in order to undercut really his true beliefs concerning the role of Scripture and God in the formation of a country. And notice what he says concerning this. Thomas Jefferson, the practice of morality... Being necessary for the well-being of society, he, God, has taken care to impress its precepts so indelibly on our hearts that they shall not be effaced by the subtleties of our brain. We all agree in obligation of the moral principles of Jesus. I many think it's pretty cool when a statesman would name the name of Jesus? Amen. The principles... Of Jesus, and nowhere will they be found delivered in greater purity than in his discourses speaking of the Word of God. My favorite, Benjamin Rush. He was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, he was the father of modern American medicine, he was the father of public schools under the Constitution. He was the treasure of the U.S. Mint. And notice the words that he spoke concerning the need of the influence of Scripture in the formation of a country and in our culture. Notice what he says. The gospel of Jesus Christ prescribes the wisest rules for just conduct in every situation of life. Happy are they who are enabled to obey them in every situation. Notice what else he says. By renouncing the Bible, philosophers swing from their moorings upon all moral subjects. It is the only, speaking of the Bible, correct map of the human heart that ever has been published. How many of you know these founding fathers valued the word of God? They valued the word of God. Notice what else Benjamin Rush said. The great enemy of the salvation of man, in my opinion, never invented a more effective means of limiting Christianity from the world than by persuading mankind that it was improper to read the Bible at schools. This was the father of public schools under the Constitution and his views concerning the Bible in school. Notice what else he said on this topic. The Bible, when not read in schools, is seldom read in any subsequent period of life. The Bible should be read in our schools in preference to all other books because it contains the greatest portion of that kind of knowledge that is calculated to produce private and public happiness. Amen and amen to that. Again we see the value that our founding fathers had concerning the influence of God's word and God's truth on the formation of a country. George Washington. While we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we ought to be attentive or we ought not be inattentive to the higher duties of religion, to the distinguished character of patriot. It should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. Hey, listen to me for one moment. Don't allow the secularists of our day, don't allow the agendas of the day steal the history of how our United States was formed in your mind and in your heart, in your kids' hearts and in their minds. This is the truth of how our nation was formed and this barely scratches the surface of what our founding fathers said concerning the need for God, the need for his truth, and the need for his righteousness in our nation. Our country was formed and founded on Christian principles. It's not a theocracy. It's not perfect, but it is a nation that's been blessed by God. Why? Because this is the fate of any nation. Righteousness. Exalteth a nation. We're blessed not because we're the United States. We've been blessed because we were founded on godly principles. Amen. The psalmist has some things to say about righteousness and how it affects a culture. Notice with me Psalms chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. You know, God desires to bless the righteous. God desires to protect the righteous. And God desires to give favor to the righteous. And our nation is a testimony of that. Our nation right now is a testimony looking back at our history of how God can favor a nation that will look to his righteousness, but it's quickly becoming, it's quickly becoming a testimony of the other part of that verse. You see, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin brings low.
1: Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Asinger, with Pastor Brian Leversey, my co-host. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to Pastor Leversey uh, on, in his sermon from Sunday. And that was just a great, great sermon that, that uh, look, we have uh, a lot of problems in, a, in the country. One of the problems is that for, for 50 years, I think, that we've had a— uh, A gradual increase of cowardly preachers. Hmm. I mean, I think that's true, and and it's easy for me to cast aspersions uh, as never having to pastor a church or whatever. But but look, there's been cowardice in the pulpit, and I think it's getting worse. Hmm. And your sermon from Sunday was not cowardice. Hmm. Okay, and what a great blessing! I hope y'all enjoyed that. If you didn't, if you didn't hear it, and you're just tuning in right now, how, how can you? Go and listen to it. Do you all, do you all podcast sure, Yeah, that? You
0: can go to uh, the Fellowship Baptist Church uh, Vienna, West Virginia Facebook page, and we have our sermons recorded there, and they're actually video if you want to go and watch it. And then you can catch the kids' program, too, that way. Um, but then you can also um, go online to our website at takemehome.church. And there's a way to be able to access the sermons from there as well.
1: And they're all good. Every Sunday is, is uh, every Sunday is good, folks. All right, so we're going to finish out with rules. Uh, we did a, um, a segment every week on um, etiquette. But we ran out. We ran we out. We had it. 50. We ran out. No of more them.
0: manners to talk about, apparently. <laughs> but
1: look, guess what? I <laughs> found rules to teach your son. Hey. Okay, so this is good. Hey, I've got his
0: son. I need to know what to teach yeah, him.
1: Yeah, right. So I've got two who are grown now, but uh, I, they're not too too old for me to give them good lectures never. they love my lectures they've oh my they've always loved my Man, lectures
0: baited breath <laughs> sitting around the
1: yeah, fireplace they'd ask me a question <laughs> dad i didn't want you to go on forever when you answer like because i'd give them they'd ask me like a simple question i'd give oh, a 10 yeah. minute lecture
0: got to give them background and everything
1: you know <laughs> all right here it is number one rules to teach your son number one never shake a man's hand sitting down hmm Right, so if somebody comes and talks to you, George Washington taught this. Uh, even if it's you're inferior, mm-hmm. you stand up and and show them the um, the courtesy of speaking with them eye to eye, face to face. I,
0: I love that, you know, how to handle yourself type of teaching. Yeah, I think that's almost like done away with. People don't know how to behave in social settings,
1: yeah. and, and boys aren't taught. And boys aren't taught. Uh, that. Every boy should know that when. A man shakes your hand, you stand up. stand up, yeah. And uh, when you're walking down the street with your girl, you put her on the inside, mm-hmm. and you walk on the outside. Dad mm-hmm. always taught me that. Number two, don't enter a pool by the stairs. Oh, I like that one. Okay, so Make what's that Make a splash, buddy. Make a splash. Dive in, right? That's right. That's it. This is sun, so the girls, you can go by the stairs. The boy, dive in, Yeah, right? Dive yep. in. Don't go, don't enter a pool by the stairs. Number three. The man at the barbecue grill is the closest thing to a king. I like that. How about that one? And
0: he smells good, too. Yeah. And
1: he's got the good (laughs) stuff. Smells like beef. He's got the good stuff. (laughs) Did you grill over the weekend?
0: You know, we did. We grilled um, some barbecue ribs yeah it was oh, awesome oh that sounds great oh man yeah. they were good
1: so had i known i'd have stopped by
0: yeah you probably could have smelled them if you'd have popped outside we was... did
1: chicken my, my boy did the chicken he's a good grill. he's better than his dad really so,
0: like, so you did well you taught him yeah, good yeah
1: there you go number four in a negotiation never make the first offer oh i like that so what if both sides are <laughs> are stubborn on this rule what if they both no I'm, this... no I'm not going first no i'm not going first no i'm not going first no i'm not, going first. No, I'm not... It's a long
0: negotiation. Ah, <laughs>
1: okay, right. uh, number five, request the late checkout. I don't understand that. One. I don't.
0: Well, I know that I I like having the late checkout, but I think what it's referring to is it say hey, spend extra time on vacation. That's what I think it's telling you to the do.
1: There day. you go, and that's where you're going. You won't that's be it. here next week. I won't. So, uh, but we'll have a good show, and we'll have a guest. We might have a little more of that sermon from Sunday. Mm on the Voice of Truth radio show next week. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. God bless you. We love you, and uh, we'll see you next week.